Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie. This is episode number 89. I am talking with Deb Meyer. I'm super excited to have her here today. And we are talking about wealth building. So Deborah Meyer is a CPA and is an Amazon best-selling author of the book, Redefining Family Wealth, A Parent's Guide to Purposeful Living. Deb owns Worthy Nest, and this is a virtual fee-only financial planning and investment advisory firm that specifically helps parents build wealth. And she's been featured multiple places, Wall Street Journal, Forbes, CNN Business, and she's a contributor to Kiplinger. She's a 2019 CPA practice advisor, 40 under 40 honoree in accounting. She received the 2018 AICPA Standing Ovation Award. This lady is incredible. She's done so much in this realm of wealth building. She knows what she's talking about. And outside of work, she spends time with her husband, Brian, and her three sons. So today I brought her on the podcast because she's kicking off our money series this week. And Deb is talking with us about some tangible wealth building strategies that we can use without compromising our Christian values. She talks about what wealth even means, what's step one for building wealth, how can we use our wealth to bless others. There's so much here. I know you're going to learn a lot from Deb and be inspired to take action in your wealth building journey. And I really hope you enjoy this episode with the lovely Deb Meyer. Hi, Deb. Welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. Yes. So everybody, this is Deb Meyer, and she is the author of redefining family wealth and she's a CPA financial planner. She helps Christian parents build wealth in alignment with their values, which I really connected with. And I'm really excited to have you here to talk with us and um, just to teach us. And this is a topic that I, I have talked about on the podcast before, but I'm excited to talk about it more with you. So can you start by introducing yourself and sharing a little bit about your family and your mission and how you educate families on how to build wealth. And then also um, let us know about your book, um, Redefining Family Wealth. Yeah, thank you for the intro. Um, In terms of my family, I have three boys ranging in age from five up to 10. Um, And I'm also married to my husband, Brian. We've been married uh, just about 13 years now. I'm Christian mom as well. So uh, my passion is really around helping those Christian families build wealth in alignment with their values. And a big part of that mission uh, was started out of my own um, struggle with this idea of, well, I want to work outside the home and provide for my family financially. But I also felt like a lot of the traditional nine to five wasn't working for our family. (laughs) So back in uh, 2013, I left a pretty steady position to, uh, at first I was a stay at home mom. And then I realized I I do like getting some outside work uh, (laughs) and really went down the path of starting my investment advisory and financial planning firm Worthy Nest in 2016. And uh, it's, it's been quite a journey because I, I think the hardship with a lot of uh, parents, when especially women, 
we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be the perfect mom, to be the perfect wife, <laughs> to be the you know, wonderful Christian mom that, that all of us are looking for and trying to figure out where work fits in that equation can be pretty challenging as well. So um, just taking that examination of values and really figuring out what that meant for our family and carving that into what I'm um, teaching and working with clients now has, has been a pretty cool evolution. Yeah, I love that. And I agree that, you know, having a little something on the side, um, whether it's a business or working from home in some capacity or outside the home or some sort of passion, I love that. And I totally connect with that. I feel like a lot of moms connect with that who are listening. Um, and I, I really like what you're doing. And um, yeah, we're going to talk today about tangible wealth building strategies. And this is without compromising our Christian values, which, you know, I think sometimes there's an Ali Kasaza and I talked about this. I talked, um, we talked at great length about this. Um, and so, you know, just there's this, I guess, misnomer is the right word about building wealth when you're Christian and not everybody feels this way, but I think there's sort of a understanding that, you know, being wealthy, like whatever that means to you, attaining wealth, um, in terms of the money aspect, it can sometimes be something where, where people feel like it's unholy or something like that. Um, and I think, you know, you're, you're going to speak life into that because wealth means so many things. Um, part of it is money, but I also like what you talk about on your website and just, um, your idea of wealth. So let's start with that. Um, and let's really just put it out there that, you know, God, <laughs> God wants some of us to be um, wealthy, to build wealth. And, and he all, wants all of us to thrive and live this abundant life. It's, it says that in the Bible. <laughs> Jesus literally said he came to give us an abundant life. Um, and I think part of that is wealth. Part of that is, um, you know, having money so we can bless others with that money. Um, and I like that you talk about this because it's not always talked about. Um, it does seem like sometimes a hard topic to talk about, but I'm excited to talk about it. So, so what does it mean to you to be wealthy and, and how does this relate to what you say on your website, which is bettering our families and communities. And I know you talk about that in your book. So, so let's talk about it. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this. Yeah, as you said, I think the important part about wealth is not just thinking about it in the context of money and really how is it that we're using our wealth, whether that's social capital or um, institutional capital we've gained from the universities we might have attended or other um, certifications we've gotten, schooling we've had in the past. How are we using the relationships and our community building efforts and, and building wealth in that manner. Because there are some people who, you know, go through life just purely thinking about the monetary side of wealth and they work themselves to death over it. <laughs> I mean, it's very hard to make a lot of money when you're not putting in a lot of hard work and effort consistently. And I'm not saying that every person who isn't making a lot of money isn't putting in hard work and consistent, you know, hard work consistently. But I do think there's 
you have you have to be putting in this really specific drive to get to a certain level of financial wealth that um, some people just aren't built to to do that, they need to be blessing others in giving of their time because they're volunteering or being that good friend for someone who's going through a really difficult uh, marriage or divorce, wh whatever the, the core problem is. So using some of your experiences, some of the really painful experiences that you've overcome, that you've realized can um, make you a better person and helping impact another person's life in, in that positive way. Once you've kind of overcome that hurdle yourself, figuring out how can I use some of my personal experience to, to bless them. So I think there's a lot of different ways of building wealth. And you know, from a financial standpoint, obviously as a CPA financial planner, I know pretty well how to do that from a tactical standpoint. But I think there's this often overlooked piece of focusing in on some self-awareness and figuring out what some of the um, drivers are for you around building wealth and transforming that into some, okay, what, what's the actual vision here? What am I trying to go and create not only for myself, but also for my family? So willing to have some of those difficult conversations if you're married, having those difficult conversations with your spouse about what are my core values? What are your core values? How do we merge those two together to come up with a family value and vision statement that really gives us a roadmap going forward? Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think, I don't know why this just came to me as you were talking, um, you know, people talk about health as wealth. And so, you know, there's so many aspects to wealth besides, like you said, the money part of it. You know, mm -hmm. you can be spiritually wealthy. <laughs> Is that a thing? Um, I feel like you can because you can, you know, store up all these treasures in heaven, so to speak. You know, yes. in terms of your prayer time and um, and just and helping others. You know, like you said, volunteering your time because you know sometimes whatever financial situation someone may be in. Maybe they can't give that much in terms of money, um, mm -hmm. but giving of your time, you know, cooking a meal for somebody or, you know, watching someone's kids when you know that they're having to take care of their, you know, sick parent or something like that. I mean, that, I feel like that gets back to, like you said, the core values and figuring out what matters to us and, and why do we want to build wealth? Why do we want to, you know, better, who do we want to better, you know, better our family, the community. Um, and so let's talk a little bit more about the, the monetary part though, since you are a financial planner, you know, you're, you help people to build that, that money wealth. Um, and so I think it's important to think about what step one would be. So for people that are interested in building a financial plan for their family, and maybe they've done that work of, okay, these are our values. This is what we care about. And we want to spend time with God. We want to spend time with each other as a family. And we want to bless others either in our greater community or extended family. Um, and so what step one, when, when people are coming up with a plan, let's say this is a married couple, mm -hmm. creating a financial plan for their family. And how do they do this while staying aligned to their Christian values? 
because I think that's the piece that sometimes gets confusing for people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like that you speak on that. So what would you say for step one? Yeah, for the tangible, you know, financial wealth building strategies, I think even though this is often a derogatory word, it's, it's getting that budget or cash flow plan in place to really see where is the money currently going? <laughs> Are mm-hmm. we spending more than we're making or do we have some extra left over at the end of each month? And are we using that extra wisely in the way that we want to, that does align with our values? So if your value, you know, oftentimes if I'm working with a new client at Worthy Nest one-on-one, I'm taking a look at their current budget and half the time they have a current budget. Other times they, they really just don't know. They say, Hey, I know I'm, I may be saving 500 bucks a month outside of, um, outside of my normal bills and retirement savings, but I don't really know where to, what to do with that 500. So we create this roadmap of, okay, where are you now? And where do you want to be in the future? And I even divide it into these kind of four overarching categories. So grow, owe, give, and live. I borrowed Mm -hmm. that terminology from another planner, but he, um, when you think of grow, that's the savings. That's the stuff that you want to invest now for the long term. So if you're thinking about retirement or uh, college savings, those pieces, emergency fund savings, all of that fits into that grow category. Um, O is the debts we have. So if we have a mortgage or a car payment or credit card debt or student loan debt, all of that would fit into that O category. So grow, O, give. Give is that charitable piece that we're using to bless others. So it might be making a direct donation to charities, whether it's your church or other outside organizations, or it might be kind of siphoning to say, hey, we really want to have hospitality. We're not going to get a charitable write-off for this, but we're going to open our home to another family that is really important to us that also has those Christian values, we're going to open our home to them on a weekly basis and know that that extra money that feeds us, you know, two families is, mm-hmm. is going for that purpose. So figuring out what that dollar amount is now and what we would want it to be in the future. And then the final piece, grow, oh, give, live is our living expenses. So what are those day-to-day obligations that we have of, you know, uh, transportation and uh, paying for schooling or daycare costs if we have younger kids and both work outside the home what what are some of those uh, both fixed and, and discretionary costs and and coming up with okay here's all of the buckets that we have these four buckets do we like the percentages that we're spending on each of these or do we want to be changing that for the future and in some cases you're right on target you know you say okay I spend about 60 about 60 percent goes towards living expenses I have another um, 20 percent towards debt 10 percent towards uh, charitable giving and then that final 10 percent towards savings that's just one example and you might say this is good for me I don't want to change anything But in some cases, you look at those and you say, oh, well, we're actually like 25% or 30% in debt. We really like to get down to 15% or 10%, whatever the dollar amount is in percentage uh, terms. So it's it's really getting that examination of your uh, current budget. And if you don't have one, getting the right template that you're going to feel comfortable with 
because um, there are you know some templates I've shared in the book that's a little bit more uh, detailed. It's an Excel example, and it has mm -hmm. every little category listed out. There's also people that work off of more of an envelope system where they're just starting with the budgeting process. Maybe you're a newlywed and you're just trying to figure out, okay, what are some of the basic costs of um, having an adult with, with living expenses? And you just, whatever you're earning in your uh, employment income, you're putting that aside in a physical envelope or a digital envelope and paying your bills out of those various envelopes. I really like that. That's so practical. And I think um, I'm curious. So I didn't put this in the notes for prepping for the interview, but it just kind of came to me. I was wondering, you know, this is like the actual practical, tangible sort of like, okay, this is how we build wealth or manage our money, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but like we said, wealth can mean different things. So have you noticed with you know your family or just with clients you've worked with that once they get the, the tangible money piece in place, do you see them freed up to do other things with their life and become wealthy in other ways? I'm, I'm curious if you've noticed that with people. Definitely. I, I think when you feel comfortable with where you're at and where you're going directionally, it can be such a liberating feeling because, I mean, so many people just get tense and anxious of any discussion around money. It doesn't matter, you know, what the context is. And if you can kind of take care of that piece and not really focus on it too much, life just flows a lot smoother and you're able to bring some of those gifts that you have outside of the financial realm just to bless others, to help, you know, I think of um, in my own, you know, my own life, my husband and I are in a pretty financially stable place now. We're both working outside the home, both earning good, good incomes. And for us, it's, it, we're just very fortunate to be able to say, okay, we can give proportionately more dollars to the charitable causes that are important to us but we also just have the freedom and flexibility to pursue some of the passions around exercise. You know, my husband will go for a five mile run three days a week because he doesn't have to worry about, well, if I don't put in an extra hour in the office, I'm going to be bankrupt tomorrow. So he just, mm -hmm. he's able to go focus on that. I take uh, long walks most mornings or do some yoga. So like, there's a lot of flexibility there uh, that we just, we don't have to worry about it as much. And I know we're in a very fortunate position for that reason, but it does free us from that anxiety and just burden, um, that often comes with being an adult and trying to manage this. Yes. Yeah. That makes sense. And then, you know, how have you seen wealth bless others? And we kind of been talking about this, the charitable giving piece, but, um, I think, you know, seeing money as an opportunity um, to bless others instead of an opportunity for greed or hoarding or things like that, which I think there there is some anxiety around not having enough money. And I feel like there's anxiety around making, quote, too much or saving too much or, you know, how much should I give? And there's, there's just, a, I think there's a lot of stress around money. In, in just all different ways. And I think, um, how can you just kind of speak life into everybody listening? 
and just let them know that we can shift our focus and we can, instead of seeing that, you know, it's going to, more money is going to make us greedy or something like that. Instead of that viewpoint, shifting it to feel like, okay, actually I make more money. I can bless other people more. I can use this as a, a tool to help others who are in need to have, like you said, have friends over and bless other families by cooking them meals, um, maybe making a meal for a new mom who just had a baby or, um, you know, things like that. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think um, part of the, where a lot of that anxiety stems from is this idea that money is the root of all evil, but that's mm-hmm. not what the Bible actually says. It says right. the love of money yep. is the root of yep. all evil. And if you do make money your God, that is a really dangerous path to be going down. So just recognizing that, okay, if I put some boundaries around money, I'm not seeking uh, success from a financial realm so I can make more money. I'm seeking the work I'm doing on a daily basis. Cause I genuinely love this kind of work. And I, it's just an added bonus that it happens to work in my favor financially. So there's a different mindset there on like you're, you're working to pay the bills and provide for your family. And then there's this other level of, okay, I've made enough money to pay the bills and take care of my own family's immediate needs. How do I move on to again, helping others, focusing uh, perhaps on local community causes, but also some things internationally. I've attended a lot of conferences recently or not recent, recent, but you know, last year. (laughs) And just in those different venues, get exposure to other global causes. So IJN, International Justice Mission, was one of the charities being featured at uh, Bliston last year. And I um, really resonated with their message because when I saw the visualization, they had this headset where you could like literally see someone being rescued from um, trafficking. (laughs) You're you're like right there in this moment visualizing this. It was, I I just, I instantly was like, okay, I'm not... (laughs) I'm just going to write a check (laughs) to help support this cause because I feel so passionately about helping in this regard. And again, that's, I I was in this mindset of being able to say like, God, thank you for blessing my business enough that I could do that and not have to, you know, worry about it endlessly. I just, I I wrote the check because it was a cause that was important to me. Um, I find myself a little bit shorter on time, so I'm not able to do as much consistent volunteer work. But in the times that I have done volunteer work, I'm usually trying to bring my older son into it. So he has an appreciation for the struggles that people go through that he might not see on a regular basis. You know, he's in a suburban neighborhood with um three warm meals all the time. And I brought him to an event uh, where we were packaging meals for families overseas that are lucky to get rice and beans to feed their family of five for an entire week. (laughs) So that put things into perspective for him too. It's it's not just taking some of the experiences that I'm seeing and, and the transformation I'm seeing, but also bringing my son because he is a little bit older, bringing him into those experiences too. Yes, it makes such a difference. And actually, 
you know, my family, my parents growing up put a huge emphasis on volunteering and doing the same kinds of things you're doing. So I just want to say as an adult now, looking back, thinking about getting exposed to those kinds of experiences, it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even if kids don't say it in the moment, like they are soaking it all in. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is something that you take with you the whole rest of your life. It's such a blessing as a parent to be able to expose your children to, you know, the needs of the world. The fact that, you know, we are so, so blessed here (laughs) to live here. And, and if we are blessed enough to save money, that's an even, you know, greater blessing. And then to be able to use the money to bless others is like, another blessing on top of that. Um, And so I just really like your view on money. And I'm wondering, you know, again, this is just came off the top of my head just now. I was thinking, you know, where, where do you think this transformation happened for you personally, where you, you viewed money as something that you can use to bless others? Um, Was that something that you grew up with or something that you had to kind of work on? I know um, some people have like, you know, what people call money blocks or just kind of have a a weird relationship with money. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I'm just wondering if, if you grew up with a positive relationship with money or if it was something that you worked on later. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, For me personally, you know, my parents did uh, give money each week to the church that we attended, but I didn't really see them do a lot of volunteering themselves or, or, you know, even um, bless other charities or things like that. So I would say they were more of the kind of maintaining status quo <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. when it came to, to generosity and giving. And um, for me, the transformation really happened a few years ago. It was around the same time that, um, that I left my, my position in 2013, but I really, um, I grew up Catholic, so I've been a cradle Catholic my entire life, and I never really felt that close to God throughout all of my Catholic schooling, and <laughs> it just, I, I never, I mean, I felt like, okay, yeah, I can believe these um, items, but it, it just, it didn't really make sense or, or resonate with me. And then in 2011, I experienced a pretty painful miscarriage. And um, that's really when my perspective just shifted tremendously because I had some residual physical and emotional effects from that, that um, I, I, really, I just had to turn over my life to God and say like, <laughs> it's all yours. And yeah. it was after that point that I'm like, okay, what's the church's stance on giving? <laughs> like, I, it just never even occurred to me because growing up Catholic too, like there was always this, okay, if you can donate to the annual Catholic appeal, that's great. But the, it, it wasn't more than once a year, there was a push to do that. And, you know, I just... I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, So once I had that, uh, I would say, conversion and really um, came so close to my faith relationship, that's when I started looking at the financial piece of of my Christianity so differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes so much sense to me. I think... um so often like those painful experiences or times when we're so low is like when the Lord kind of reaches in and pulls us up and then we get that closeness with him, which is such an amazing blessing. 
and it's not always there in our faith life, but I do agree that some of those really low points kind of helps us reassess like what, what matters and mm-hmm. what we really care about. And, um, and then just, yeah, taking a harder look at things like why, why do I want to build wealth? I think, um, you know, just asking ourselves like, what, what do we want? Coming back to what you said in the beginning, the value piece, I'm sure that's huge with the clients you work with because so much of, of money, it comes back to so much personal value within you, um, either how you were raised or just so many, your, your faith. And there's so much there. Do you suggest that people listening, um, if they haven't really assessed their values and, and why they want to make money or why they want to give money, do you suggest people kind of journaling or something they should read, maybe read your book? <laughs> um, you know, is there something that you would point someone toward if they're really wanting to um, build family wealth and kind of have like this positive view of, of building wealth for their family, but then making sure they have intention behind it and the why? Um, where would you suggest people start when they're wanting to start with that intentionality? And then, you know, and then they can get into the grow, oh, give, live, which I think is fabulous. Um, but yeah, where, where would they start? Because I think so much of, of what we do, we have to have a why behind it um, and, mm-hmm. and the core values. So yeah, what would you suggest to someone listening? Honestly, I, I would suggest the book as a starting point because that was the whole mission behind it. I mean, it wasn't something where I was like, hey, I'm going to be an author. It was like, I feel like God has this message that needs to be shared. <laughs> and that's literally why I wrote it. I um, vividly remember when I felt it on my heart. It was uh, back in um, late 2017. And I just worked really hard in 2018 to get the first draft ready and had it. Um, yeah. So I, I think the book itself is going to walk you through a lot of the bigger questions, you know, that we were able to touch on today. And some of the, we, we only scratched the surface talking about some of the, you know, tangible uh, financial wealth building strategies. So it contains a lot more there, but it really does take you through some values exercise and examination of what those vision, the vision is that you have for your family. So I think it's a great starting point. Uh, another thing would be if, if you don't want to dive into a book, just joining my email list. It has, uh, we, we send out weekly wealth building tips and not really just focusing again on the financial wealth, but also giving some ideas on how to grow wealth in other areas, whether it's social or uh, human capital. So I think there's um, some opportunity there, no matter where you're at in your journey to kind of get started. Sounds great. Thanks, Deb. And so how can people connect with you, um, get your book? Where should people go? What's the best place? Would it be your website? Would it be Instagram? <laughs> it's, it's the website. It's redefiningfamilywealth.com. Perfect. I will link that in the show notes. Any last little bit of wisdom or encouragement you want to share with our listeners? Yeah, I just want to say no matter where you're at in this journey, just know that there is someone, me, who believes that you can have a brighter financial and just brighter family future. So um, the time to get started is is today. There's, there's no better time than the present. 
So good. Thank you, Deb. Thanks for taking time to chat with me and all the listeners. And definitely everybody, I will leave the links in the show notes to connect with Deb after this and get her book, Redefining Family Wealth. And I will talk with you soon. Thanks. All right. Thanks. Thanks.